Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you could have first heard this episode nine months ago if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St. Clements each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes, lots of other marvellous benefits, and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your ticks. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash ironfilings. Here we go. 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 This is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine. I'm Andy Dawson. Pow, pow, pow. I'm Sam Delaney. So what? Welcome to Life Logistics. Here we go again with more solutions to your Many, many problems that you've been sending in to us. We'll try and help as much as we can. If we can't help, no refunds will be available and we do not take any responsibility mm. for any uh, traumatic episodes that might happen in your life as a result of our advice or lack of it. The legal uh, stuff as I have said before, the advice does sometimes work both ways, for me mm. at least. I mean, I've learnt some things and, you know, whoever it was who told me recently about the quickest fuss-free and I feel one of the most manly ways that you can unblock a blocked toilet, which is something that I yeah. have to deal with on a semi-regular basis, to be honest. Yeah, you've said that. Yeah, It's something everyone has to deal with at least once in their life, I think, isn't it? Really? Yeah, but I have to deal with it about once a month, at least, on average. Yeah, all right, all right. Well, I mean, it's lens for. I, he, he, he uses too much toilet roll. Um, someone said to me, listen, mate, just put a bin liner on your arm mm. and get your arm right in there, and mm. then unblock it really quick because nothing beats a hand mm. you know you can get yeah. all the, the mops fist. You, you listen you can get all the mops all the plungers yeah. all the coat hangers right and all the toilet brushes in the world no one has ever rivaled god's creation of the human fist the, hu- the human hand is god's ultimate tool it is like. isn't it yeah. it is God's when, greatest gift. The day the that Sir John God came up with the hand, he was like, fucking hell. I've knocked some fucking good ideas out in my time, including trees, uh, peacocks with the big tails. The day I came up with that, I was like, fucking hell, I'm on fire here, right? Yeah. But the hand tops them all. Think of the potato. The potato's a good one. Because if you think of the versatility of a potato, it's hard to beat, isn't it? Crisps, but ha- chips, fries. Crisps, chips, mash, potato, dolphinoir, patatas bravas <laughs> if you're Spanish. I could go on. But the hand, the hand can do all these things without any real preparation. I mean, if you think of it, mash, it's delicious, but it takes a fucking age to put together, right? <laughs> the hand... You can turn the hand into a fist. You can turn it into a fighting tool, into a sex tool. You can turn it into a toilet on blocker. You can bash potatoes it, with it. You can bash potatoes with it. You can do a million of things with, without really having to do much. You send a message simply from the brain 
down the shoulder, through the arm, the wrist, and to the hand in seconds, as long as you don't have a motor neuron disorder. In under three seconds. In under three seconds, the message is sent. (laughs) And and it's a one-word message. You either think, fist, grab, finger, Finger. wank off, (laughs) mash, whatever you think, send the message down the arm, (laughs) bang. Bang, you're in business. Fibre optic speeds, right? Faster than the internet. That's what I say, right? That's that's my guarantee. Messages sent faster than the internet. Bang. Just don't get muddled up. And, uh, yeah. So, but the problem, of course, is do you like having shit on your hand? In my mm. case, no. I'd rather not. Generally, no. Yeah. So, I put the bin liner on. And I've done it twice since whatever cunter it was recommended it. Yeah. And the beauty of it is when, you, when your arm comes out and you're done, you simply pull the bin bag in reverse right mm. um you, you know you turn it inside out you don't have to get your hands you do it carefully in into any contact at all with feces mm. or even the water and then bang it's in the bin the toilet's it's, unblocked everyone's happy it's the same principle as a dog shit bag i know you don't have a dog but you got yeah, a dog but shit it's bag similar you pick the dog style. shit up in the yeah. bag turn the bag inside out no contact with the shit that's what i thought actually up. when i when i was doing Genius. it i thought this is how i've seen a lot of lot of lads picking up their dog the, shit the, the, the dog lads <laughs> that's what yeah. i based it on so a lot of the dog lads around there do this with their dog shit and i sort of based my technique on on having yeah. seen that done yeah i mean some advice some some advice is good from people towards us. Other advice, not so much. We had someone a few days ago who messaged us to tell us that he thought the Roger Taylor stuff in the podcast was shit. <laughs> uh, that that advice is never welcome. Any unsolicited uh, feedback like that. Anyway, take it out with Roger Taylor. Yeah, Have you exactly. got a problem. He just appears on the fucking podcast. He's got a website, right? You can you can. He's got a PO box address that he uses for fan mail, and yeah. I'm told that he does try to read and respond to all messages himself. But don't ever try and tell us stuff that's shit on this podcast. Cause yeah, do your fucking, own fucking podcast. None of, none or of your fucking listen business. to another podcast. I mean, there's fucking millions of them out there. Yeah, there's bound to be one that you prefer to this. Yeah, Peter Crouch, one of them. <laughs> Peter Crouch doesn't Peter do any silly Roger Taylor impressions. Go, go and watch fucking Top Gear with fucking McGuinness and Flintoff. Thinking yeah. about in cars, go and watch that. I've asked if, you want, if you want pure banter, oh my god, talking of banter, I sent you that clip yesterday. If you haven't seen it, Hunters, I'll try and I've, <laughs> I've tweeted it from my account. But Michael Barrymore, when he did mm-hmm. a program called My Kind of Music, because there was yes. My Kind of People, where it was just yeah. Barrymore going around just chatting to people, just talking to people, and then they narrowed it down into people who had music. What, what, what Barrymore's shtick was, in a way, was going around just making a nuisance of himself. Yeah. It's yeah, sort of like... He'd, hoping he'd, you know, find someone who thought he was amusing. But he did. And he'd do his stuff. Oh, lots of people did, yeah. That's that's how he got lucky. I mean, I read this article. I found myself in a Barrymore click hole. Basically, if, if you don't know what we're talking about, listeners, it's because someone, um, I think it was uh, the comedian Matt Lucas, tweeted a clip... Um, of uh, of Michael Barrymore on his programme, My Kind of Music, where he invited a sort of like a gospel-style band on into the studio, and they were, <laughs> were singing called, this... Who were called Remission. Remission, which is the fucking weirdest name for a band <laughs> ever. Still, what, are they all recovering cancer patients? Yeah, no, the, he, he never explained it. No. Um, <laughs> so 
he he basically he did he, he he invited them on and they sing this quite nice song called See You When I Get There but then he surprises you by suddenly um getting himself involved and in yeah. between each chorus he does a rap. Well it was a coolio hit, wasn't it? See you when you get there. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it was a cool coolio hit that one. Yeah. So he starts the rapping. That, uh, uh, Barrymore's rhymes were very different to uh, Coolio's. Well, they were about himself and yeah. and his show and what the um and yeah basically what the what the ethos of his show was <laughs> which he goes into quite a lot of detail of. So it's it's amazing and in the end he actually gets he joins in he starts like um he starts dancing a little bit, doing a few sort of dad moves. Is it? It's a sensational watch, and I can recommend you you look at it. But I then got in a click hole because someone, and I'm trying to desperately look for the piece now because I've got to post it. But again, I tweeted it. There's a writer, and he had he took the opportunity, or someone did, to say, seeing as this click was trending, everyone was talking about it. He said, that, you know, here's a piece I wrote, and he'd written a blog. Um, it wasn't unlike if you like Top Flight Time Machine I think you'll like it because this guy who's a good writer I've not heard of him before wrote a fucking really long like <laughs> it must be about 5,000 word deep dive into <laughs> into an uh, uh, a Michael Barrymore vi- live video right right yeah it's called Michael Barrymore Back in Business and it was a comeback gig that he did after having to go through rehab in the early 90s for alcoholism. Right, yeah. And this guy deep dives it forensically. I mean, mm. it very much speaking our language. And what he and it it's amazing because so much of it you, you kind of associate the you know different times homophobic and racist sort of casual humor being something about the 70s don't you think of chubby brown and all of that yeah but you don't realize it in the 90s I, I never i thought he was very mainstream and quite inoffensive really michael barrymore yeah. i didn't mind the bloke um but when you see his his whole routine uh dissected like this it's um almost it is relentlessly homophobic, like relentlessly, really? relentlessly about people trying to bum him and him doing a lot of kind of looking over his shoulder whenever a man's near him and sort of it implying was, that man is trying to bum me. Well, was this before he'd come out then? Yeah, but only shortly before he came out. And it's <laughs> what he says that, that in this article, the writer says, you know. He is basically a, um, it's a psychiatrist's dream. It is an yeah. absolute psychiatrist's dream. And, uh, you know, it is. And and a lot of it as well is he picks out someone who he thinks looks like a Libyan in the front row. And he refers okay. to her throughout, uh, to him throughout as the Libyan and makes just joke after joke after joke about Fucking Libyans hell. being terrorists. And he keeps trying. And at one point he jumps off the stage and gets the the supposed Libyan in a headlock and tries to throw them out. Different times. Different times. What you realise in this piece is what Barrymore liked to do is basically bully and harangue members of the public. But members of the public kind of generally responded really well to it and love it. And the, the way he describes this thing, it was like a religious thing. It was like when you see those videos in America of preachers and how the audience are like literally fainting and speaking in tongues. They're so sort of obsessed with the preacher. That's what people were like with Barrymore well, I, in 1994. I think there was a similar vibe. There was a similar vibe during our 2019 live shows. 
It was similar. I did see people speaking in tongues. <laughs> when we came on and did walk the dinosaur. Especially in Glasgow. <laughs> There's a lot of speaking in tongues. There was a few people fainted. But yeah, the, things, have, things have times. changed. I mean, things you talk about the early nineties. There, things have changed massively since then. But even even now, there's, there was some stuff on Twitter last week about Frankie Boyle, and some of some of the stuff he said as far back as 2012 in his live shows, which was fucking abhorrent. Really, stuff towards women. But now, really, he's oh yeah, he used to say he's mean things about himself, sort of thing. As a bit woke. He used to because he said yeah. rude things about women's appearance, didn't he? Like oh, that Olympic that. swimmer it was, and it stuff. Was like I can't remember it exactly, so I'm not going to quote it directly. But I mean, like sexual assault stuff and and just like fucking, fucking horrible. But you know, things change. You couldn't get away with doing that on stage now. No, um, thankfully, they do change quick, to, don't you've they? Got to, yeah, you've got to do cover versions of was not was songs and uh, pretend to be George yeah. Lucas. F- feel free oh, to go recommend? through. Yeah, I thought I remember. I recommend the uh, the series on Sky documentaries called simply the movies. Oh yeah, and it's uh, produced by Tom Hanks. Have you seen the um, the series that they've had on before, which were the sixties and the seventies and the eighties and the nineties? They're like no, ten part series. They sound oh, wicked. You, oh, they're all fucking great, Sam. They're made by CNN. Yeah, I think they're probably all still on Sky Catch Up. And there's ten episodes per series, but they've done all the, the, the decades, and now they've moved on to the movies, and it's just a history of the movies right. in twelve parts. And it's just fucking blinding. You just you just you just see so many amazing clips of amazing films, and you forget how great movies are. I mean, the <laughs> the seventies is covered in two parts. Yeah, and it's just I think that was the best decade for movies, wasn't it? After another, yeah, yeah. Seventies was when the best films of, were made. Um, plenty of bits about like George Lucas and Steven Spielberg talking about how they started up and everything. Oh yeah, because so, they were uh, mates, that, weren't they? That, that that reminded me of. Um, Lucas stuff that the, we've done. the 70s was probably the best time for movies but um, having said that I watched a film on Thursday with Len called Rampage with The Rock right. of whom I am a colossal fan Yeah, and um, I don't think I've ever like we were so into this film like, yeah. that we were like literally high-fiving in some bits <laughs> And the next day on the way to school, we had a discussion in which I said to Len, Len, Len was like, this is the best film I've ever seen. He said that within half an hour. Yeah. And I said, he said, what's your biggest regret? Quite a big question for an wow. eight-year-old to ask his dad. And I said, my biggest regret is not having seen Rampage on the big screen. <laughs> and he went, yeah, I think that's probably mine too. Oh, it's made. you know what you should do? Birthday next year, hire, I hire the screen I know. That, he's al- well, Get he's Rampage. already come up with that idea because he knows we did it. Yeah. I mean, you can. It's going to be... Well, his birthday's in November. It's not long from now. And oh, I well, might we'll actually year, book it up. No, I might actually do it because... Can you do it? Is it, is it, it moment, I did it for Coco's birthday, for my daughter's birthday. We did it for Jaws because that's her favourite yeah. film. And there was, I think, eight of us in the cinema. You can do right. it. That, that was the time when we got caught me and Len got caught filling his That's rucksack right. with the snacks <laughs> <laughs> take your own snacks next time yeah oh next time very much so uh, but, um, but yeah I mean I can't recommend it enough it's um, basically it's genetic mutation no it's a DNA editing thing right where mm. they the CIA invented some sort of thing to modify your DNA and then it was too dangerous, so it got cancelled. But some baddies got hold of the technology baddies. and used it to breed super monsters, super animals that could be used to fight in wars. 
and anyway, it falls into the wrong hands, blah, blah, blah. Well, you know, basically all you need to know is there is a giant fucking wolf that can yeah. jump from the floor into the sky and eat a fucking helicopter out of the sky. Fucking hell. So that was the bit. Available? Where can we see this? Uh, you can see it on Sky. Okay. You can see it on okay. Sky. I think you might need to rent it. I can't remember, but okay. it's only well, like two quid and it's fucking worth it. Well, check out the movies as well on Sky Documentaries because yeah. it's just incredible. Put it this way, on Saturday evening, I sat down and went on the Music Magpie website, you know, that sells second-hand CDs and DVDs, and I bought 30 DVDs from their four from £8 range of all these things that I'd, I just reminded myself that I needed to watch or had seen years ago and hadn't seen since. Just yeah. fucking so many great films. Well, you've got a lot so, of films um, to be catching up on, mate. Well, you, you, I'm planning my retirement, mate. It's going to be yeah. books and DVDs all the way. And yeah. a little bit of exercise. Um, so um, I'm not going to get bored, ever. By the way, the, the bloke who wrote that uh, Michael Barrymore thing is called Stuart Millard. He's a writer. And, okay. uh, yeah, read it. It's fucking fascinating. Okay. Well, Should we do some life logistics? Yeah, that's a good idea. That's kind of what we're here for, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Jalapeño. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Jalapeño. Um, have you got anything there? Uh, I've got loads actually we've had quite a lot coming in recently um, let's see hold on a sec right uh, home rig working hello chats hope you're both well like a lot of people I'm working at home full time with two young children originally I set up in a dining room but since this is looking to be a semi-permanent situation I set up camp in mm. the spare room to get away from the continual distractions what's your advice on effective working at home with kids making it work for both work and family much love Graham Thanks for the much love, Graham. Uh, well, nice. we've, we've talked about this a lot. I mean, I at one point looked into getting the old home office, but I've cancelled yeah. that again for oh, reasons. That, for reasons. now, yeah, okay. for now. Okay. Yeah, well, you know, at the end of the day, it was going to come in at between 15 and 20 grand. What? I mean, you can get them cheaper. Just get but, a shed. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it's a lot of money to get... The thing is, you either get it and it's not that good and then you're not mm. going to want to spend much time in it or you get a good one. Like yeah. you always say, buy cheap, buy twice. Buy cheap, buy twice, yeah. And so I thought, well, if I'm going to do it, I want it to be good because also it could add value to the home. I but want it to be the best one. I want it to be exactly. the best one. I've asked my mum to arrange it for me. 
And it's going to have... Oh, and I want it to be like in Jamie and the Magic Torch, where I can shine a torch at the floor and a portal <laughs> uh, uh, appears that can be to any cosmic universe, known or unknown, past or present. But at the moment, it's going to cost an extra eight grand for that, so I can't <laughs> afford it. Yeah, and no, I'm going to wait till next year because, you know, there's, there'll be other bills on the horizon. And what I've done is I've just set up in my bedroom... Mm. Um, I've set up a little podding and workspace. But to be honest, I mean, it depends on what kind of line of work you're in. But sometimes I work on the dining table. Sometimes I work in my room where I am now, where I do my podding, mm. where I've got a desk and my other equipment. Sometimes I'll like, if I'm writing or doing emails or admin, sometimes I just fucking lie on the bed. I don't give a shit. Well, but I've it, been working you... from home pretty much my whole career, right? Same and here. some people yeah. are obsessed with... I've noticed that people who haven't and who are used to work life, right, Mm -hmm. they feel, what I've noticed is they feel as if they need to kind of apply some rules to their at-home working day. Yeah, and and they think, oh, I have to, because if not, they might, I don't know, they think that they're becoming slobby or it's getting them down. But Mm. they're wrong about that, right? If that's Mm. you, what you have to understand is it's, it's you who's been living wrong. What's natural? What is natural? Is it natural to be in your own environment, surrounded by your own things, dressed comfortably, right, Mm. and just getting on with your work in a pleasant, comfortable way? Or is it natural to go into a fucking dreary office wearing uncomfortable clothes, talking to Mm. cunts you don't like, right? Of course, it's a rhetorical question, Andy. It's more natural to be in your rig, right? It doesn't mean... Get up when you want. Set the alarm. Get up, have a shower and a shave. Do all that shit, right? But all this kind of, I need to feel like I'm in an office. Why? Why do you need exactly. to feel like you're in an office? Being in an office, being at work, is a load of shit. It's a conspiracy. You see, you see they do their little uh, social media posts. Oh, <laughs> worked in my pajamas today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fucking yeah. good. You that's how we've been living our whole lives. Fuck's sake. You know, that's the rig life. Like, there's nothing, you don't take, I have worked in offices. It's, I've not really ever enjoyed it, right? It's a contrived experience where you pretend you want to be there, but of course you fucking don't, right? Um, I don't, well, yeah, you did have to. You, you did have to no, until recently because everything no, no. was... You was, in a, liked, was in a, I, I said you, you think you you pretend like you like to be there. You, of course you have to be there. When I've worked in offices, fucking yeah. get, get it right. The only reason I've really been there is because I felt like I've had to be there for money. Yeah. But you kind of had to in the past because everything was in everything was written down on cards and it was all in yeah. a filing system. Yeah. In filing get, cabinets. Got to get into my cards, haven't there. I? To have, I've got to get card access to the cards. I've got to get the card out of the filing cabinet so I can see what my task is. And yeah. then I've got to sit here and do it. Not anymore. Where's my stamp? Stamp, stamp, stamp the card. Stamp, stamp, Show the task stamp. has been file, completed. File, file, stamp. Yeah. Send this I down mean, to the post room. Stat. I also think that culturally people... You know, I think I I grew up and I had a lot of people around me like influencing me that I where hard like working late, being devoted to your job, being the sort of person who who went out after work and socialised a bit in working warrants, working at weekends. That was almost something to take pride in, right? And I think when I first started working, I was a bit like that. I'd almost take pride in it by. Like, when I was quite young, I'd be like, oh, yeah, fucking hell, I've been working every night this week. You know, I was in the office till whenever. And all that. And now I look back and I think, that's just a fucking waste of time. And it it is a conspiracy. It's a capitalist conspiracy, right? Mm. 
by the management classes or whatever you want to call them to make you feel as if that is what gives you like value, right? Yeah. But yeah. I'm all for I'm all for I'm, I enjoy hard work. I'm not I'm not saying be lazy, but I'm saying the other stuff, right? I just, I think it's changing. I think people are coming more round to the just rest sort well, of point of view. I mean, this this pandemic is going to be the biggest seismic shift for capitalism there's ever been because people are going yeah. to have to work from home for a while and yeah. everyone realised now that they can do it and they don't have to go into the office. And yes. that has a massive knock-on effect for, you know, office rent, shops yeah. that are around, you know, your likes of your Pret and all that that are shutting down left, right and centre. Fucking hell, that's how it is. Do you know what but I mean? Things will change, but it doesn't mean they'll change for the worst. There will be a bumpy period... Yeah. Because businesses will close and people will lose jobs and that's awful. But what will this eventually is why we need happen? A, a, a minimum fucking um, yeah income, income. Yeah. Now. Yeah. For everyone. Universal universal, universal minimum wage. Income, yeah. Minimum income. Yeah. As espoused by Rutger Bregman in his book Utopia for Realists, which has relevance to this podcast because it was when I went to interview Rutger Bregman that I had my legendary falling out with the reception person at yeah, a publisher. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I think as well, I think uh, The Rock does a, a speech about it in Rampage as well. Yeah. About the universal does. basic income and how it's a necessity. The science backs it up. It's 12 grand. Give people 12 grand mm. and they'll fucking... 99% of them will make the most of it, which is... One in the eye for people who assume that people are naturally lazy and want something for nothing. Yeah. Right? In this experiment, in this book, when they gave out 12, 12 grand each to about 20 homeless people who were long-time homeless in the centre of London, right, city of London, and they were long-term homeless people who'd been struggling for years, when they were all given 12 grand, only one of them, right, mm. was back being homeless again within the next three years. Right, because yep. only one of them had fallen back into drugs and drink and and yep. stuff like that and frit the money away. Like so, ninety nine percent of these people used the money and they weren't under any pressure to do so. The money was just handed to them to get themselves accommodation, to get themselves training, to get themselves educated, to get themselves off drugs and drink, all of these things, and then start making their own money. So, yep. in your face, right wing people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, what I'm saying is just embrace being at home. I've get I've got some very small tips. Having a routine in the morning is quite good. I like to do a bit of housework, tidy up, get the house in order. I personally find it much easier to work in a tidy environment myself yeah. because if it's all messy and there's bit old plates and stuff like that left out, you just sort of think, fucking hell, you feel you do feel a bit slobby. Yeah, tidy up a bit, have a shave and a shower, put on some comfortable mm-hmm. clothes, fucking get to it, mate. And when you yeah, feel like stopping it. for a cup of tea, stop for a fucking cup of tea, mate, because that's you've the bonus. It. And remember, you've saved all that time on commute. The average person's going to take, let's be honest, wherever you live, it's going to take you an hour into work and an hour back, right? You've saved that, right? Mm. Which means that you can afford to have a few more breaks for tea and stuff like that. Exactly. Just rest. So, um, we've had some that's come in on Twitter as well. Uh, here's one. Um, Adrian Lester says, all right, chaps, I have a neighbour that's bought a cockerel. Oh. oh! I don't want to get all Lampard, but it's woke me up at about 4am every night this week. What should I do? <laughs> well, it's got to be trained better. I mean, I'd, I personally, mate, I would love to be woken up by a cockerel every morning. It would feel wonderful. But 
exactly. I can ring you up at 4am every morning and sing that to you if you like. But not 4am. <laughs> That's the problem. Cock-a-doodle-doo. Yeah. If I lived in the country, which I dream of every day, if I lived in the countryside and a cock and a cock will wake me up, I'd be fucking dr- dreamland. You would. I'd be in dreamland. But, but I don't need it at 4am. So that cockerel... I know what you think we're going to say. You think we're going to say kill it, but no. Shoot the cockerel. Don't no. kill the cockerel. Train the cockerel. Train the cockerel. Well, it's not his cockerel to train, though, is it? It's his well, neighbour's cockerel. Go and go and have a word with the neighbour and say, look, yeah. I can train this cockerel, or if you don't yeah. want me to, I'm, pre- I'm prepared to contribute if it's going to cost Castro to send it to cockerel school. What you don't know about me, just sit at the neighbour, is that I am a world-class cockerel trainer, <laughs> and uh, I can help you. And then just wing it after that. I think you a just put like, a blindfold whisperer. on them, don't you? You put a blindfold on them or you like put them in the dark so they don't know when the sun's coming up. No, what you do is if it when it crows at four, you punish it. <laughs> and uh, and then when it crows at the hour you do want it to crow, you, you, reward, you it. reward it with some yeah. raisins. That's yeah. what they like to eat. Okay. Or acorns. Anything. Or just some a bowl of alpen. Anything woodlandy <laughs> like that. Give it a fucking bowl of muesli. <laughs> it's crowing at 4am. Take its fucking muesli off it. <laughs> yeah, I think... I hope that helped, Adrian. I'm sure it will have done. Uh, Michael Goodill there? says, um, I always get itchy ear, ear hair. Please help. Uh, oh. Well, I've got... I've been talking I've, about... We're talking about ear hair on the new Mince episode. It's just, really? Just out. Well, maybe that's where uh, he got yeah. the idea from. Maybe he's got muddled up between your podcasts. He's probably has. Um, I mean, it, I've got a Remington that works for both nasal and ear and eyebrow. Yeah. So Same. I just use that. Same. Uh, I mean, this is because I was asking Bob, you see, because he's an older man. And I yeah. thought I'd ask him about the eyebrow hair originally. And he says, yeah. best thing to do is just leave it. Don't get into, <laughs> don't get into plucking it or anything like that, because it'll just come back thicker and stronger. That's he true. says, just leave it, let but, nature yeah, take but, its no, course. Your eyebrows are all right because you're quite light-haired. Yeah. Right? But I've got very pronounced eyebrows because I'm dark Irish and, eyebrows. And bald, so they really stand out. And fuck me, do they grow out like... They just grow outwards. If I left right. them, if I yeah. left them, Andy, I could be standing socially distanced in the mm. in the legitimate way. What's that now? Is it two metres or has it gone to one? I don't know. It might be back to two metres again, I'm not sure. Even if it was two metres, if I left this just to grow wild, I could stand yeah. two metres away from you and my eyebrow hair would still be tickling your nose. <laughs> well, <laughs> I suppose horses for courses, isn't it? Yeah, so I've got, I've got to have a thing. With the ear hair, um, it's the most difficult to shave. Nose is mm. fairly easy. Mm. eyebrow I use a comb and shave okay. it like that but ears sometimes I just can't get it in the right position and I get not just ear, air growing out of the ear hole but I get mm. a fluffy hair around yep. the rim of the ear so yep. I try to tackle that but the best solution to that that I've ever experienced is I've been I haven't been for years but I used to occasionally go near where I used to work to, for a Turkish barber shave right yeah all over get and as part done. of yeah. that they burn your ear they get a stick with paraffin on the end of it yeah they set fire to it and then they literally burn around your ears it gets rid of the fluff yeah. feels great mate well there you go if you can afford that kind of thing do that if you can attempt to replicate that at home 
try, try that yeah. as well. I'd never but be allowed we say, to do you that. Know, we're home. not responsible for anything that might go wrong. Yeah, if you've got um, bumps I, and burma, says, try it with that. Bob says with the, the ear hair, with that, that fine hair on the top as well, he says try and do it with the light behind you so it highlights so you can see better what it is ah. trying to shave off. Fucking so hell, he knows his stuff, well. doesn't he? A cross pod. But that's ear like, that's, hair a, tip for that's you there. a pro tip from Bob Mortimer. Yeah, very useful. So that's that. Um, what else have we got? Uh, we've got one here. Billy Walter says, considering taking on a window cleaner, but the fellow who does our area is a reach and wash merchant. I know Andy has experience of this method. Is it worth taking this window cleaner on? Should I invest no. in a ladder and do it myself? Never do it yourself. Uh, the reach and wash, I'm fine with it. I haven't got a problem with the reach and wash. Uh, as you know, I was a little bit reticent at first because I was used to the ladder and bucket method. Which, yes. Um, I think it was Darren used to do we've got this new fella now that does the reach and wash you know it's fine it's fine I was nervous at first no need to be he comes in does the job stands there with his pole there was um, a few issues there was a few issues wasn't there when the handover happened we weren't sure whether there'd been a hostile takeover well this was it the the note came through the door from Darren to say that I've passed it on to the the new fella he was reach and wash if you've got any worries about this get in touch (laughs) let me know and I'll, I'll you know I'll try and reassure you. But you, um, you haven't looked back, to be fair. No, I never look back. Never look back. So, yeah, go for it. Just go goes for to show. So many of it's... our worries in life are just like worrying about the future. And God knows I'm not one yeah. to preach because I worry about the future. That This has been one of my, the big problems of my life is worrying about the future. Yeah. But every day I'm working on not. And if anyone now comes to me and says, Sam, I'm, I've got trouble with anxiety. I'm always worried and uncertain about the future, what might happen. Mm. I very often I say sit down and I very often tell them the story of Andy Dawson's reach and, wash, reach and wash situation yeah. I the go, parable of the reach and wash Andy is one of the calmest men I know right he's a logistical expert so he rarely has to worry about the future because he's thinking he's basically playing three dimensional chess with he's God five steps ahead all already. the time yeah right <laughs> so you know this is a man this is a logistical supremo right but even he, even Andy Dawson, from time to time, something, a curveball will come at him, right? <laughs> and he'll be like, fuck, I didn't see this coming. What am I going to do? True. And I say, yeah. you know, he, there was his, his window cleaner, who he'd known and trusted for years, fucked off. He was replaced by a reach and wash. He didn't know. It knocked him fucking sideways. He wasn't himself yeah. for a couple of weeks. I said, didn't now, sleep for a if, week. You, if you go and ask him now, he's like, I look back and laugh. I laugh at myself for worrying. Yeah, right. All of our worries exist only in our heads. Fucking if right. Can, can, if we can, can, if we can train our inner cockerel, which is our worries. <laughs> oh, mate, write a book called "Train Your Inner yeah. Cockerel" by Andy we Dawson. Can, if we just got to train our inner, inner cockerel and stop it from crowing at four a.m. with our worries. Yeah. All you got to do is give the muesli to the cockerel at six a.m. and everything's yeah. going to be all right. And you're on fucking easy street. It's like Mark Twain said: "I am an old man who has had many troubles, many of which." never took place yeah and then he said fuck them didn't he yeah my attitude is fuck them all <laughs> yours Mark Twain <laughs> let's leave it there I think thanks for your uh, your logistical problems um, come back with more and we'll answer them all for you take the FN dickheads see you dickheads all the best ta-da
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.